This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning, good afternoon. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. There's the key word, Ask the Vets. That's what we want to hear from you. We want you to give us a call at 877-385-8882. We'll put you live on air with me. You can send me a quick text or an email to drjeff. That's Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. But the best way to join us here live is to join us on Google Hangout. Very easy to do. Log on to PetLifeRadio.com. Go to Shows. Under Shows, you'll see Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff down there in the A's, at the, kind of at the beginning. And you'll see a uh, down, if you scroll down on my page, you will see a link to Google Hangouts. Very easy to do. And click on the link and you will join me here live. And um, hopefully you'll have your camera on, on your computer or on your phone. And you can join us with your pets in your arms, on your lap, whatever the case may be. Free advice, fun. Uh, we can talk about anything you want to talk about. If there's anything you want to know or any subject you want to discuss, you know, oftentimes people come into my office and um, I get referrals. Very easy stuff to understand, but they just don't understand it. Why? I said, Did, didn't your veterinarian go over this with you? And they go, no. I mean, they had me in the room. They took the dog away. I mean, no explanation, nothing. It's very hard for you guys as pet parents to make decisions if you really don't understand the process. If you don't understand the good, the bad, the ugly. If you don't understand what the ramifications might be of treating or not treating. And um, I said, I, I get calls um, all the time, even even from my clients that have gone to an emergency. It's on a weekend. They, they don't think they can get a hold of me, which they can, by the way, because they have my cell phone. And I always say, why don't you just call me? And so these emergency clinics are just unbelievable. They're trying to, they're going to charge you for every Kleenex they give you, every gauze sponge. I mean, it's insane. And they don't understand what is being done and why. And I usually dictate. I'll tell them, no, no, no. I don't want them to do that. I'll hear. I want you to do this and this, and then get me the results. You know, I want you to take an X-ray, send me the X-ray, etc. So um, it's very important. I know there's questions that you might have out there, and now is the best time to get free advice, free answers. And as I've been promoting for a while, uh, there are articles coming out all the time on telemedicine and telehealth. Something to get used to. Get used to the ability to reach a doctor twenty-four-seven. Of course, it may not be your doctor. But, you know, these are, you know, good doctors. My company, I have a company that I'm very involved in called Live DVM. And our goal is not to take business away from your veterinarians. We're going to bring it to your veterinarians. And very easy to get a hold of us. Just go on to LiveDVM.com and register your pets. Um, no charge to register. And if you need us, we're going to be there for you. It's basically 24-hour concierge service for you. So um, anyway, as you know, I'd like to start the show. You know, I was going to talk about, I think I mentioned last week, this whole craze of grain-free food. And what are some of the dangers that we're learning about grain-free? So um, yeah, I think you need to be well-informed. I was going to talk about it today, but we're going to push that on to next week because there's a bigger subject that's been hitting the news. I just did a segment for CBS Radio on Thursday. I have uh, tomorrow, uh, if you want to watch Inside Edition in the afternoon, wherever it is in your uh, area, but I'm sure you have Inside Edition. We're going to talk about this as well, but I'm going to give you a little preview to talk about it. We're going to do that right at the second half of the show. Now, right now, once again, I just like to, as I said, I peruse the news because, you know, I'm sure that you guys don't have access to some of the stuff that we have access to, just about the veterinary world and pet world to help you become better informed. 
Because when you're going to be faced with decisions to make, I always find that you know information is king. The more you have, the more likely you'll be able to make these tough decisions regarding your pets. You have free advice coming from me anytime you want to take advantage of it. Of course, you can always send me an email to drjeff at petliferadio.com. And I will, it'll be forwarded to me. And I personally will answer your emails because I love doing it. You know, I always say, you know, I have some colleagues uh, sitting on a plane. I think I mentioned this before, sitting on a plane and they won't tell a person sitting next to them. So what do you do? Because they know that if they say they're a veterinarian and the person's a pet parent, they're going to have the whole four or five hour flight talking about pets. So they say he's a plumber or, (laughs) or here's a good one, proctologist. But uh, the truth of the matter is, because nobody wants to talk about that. But when it comes to pets, people, and I love saying I'm a veterinarian, proud of it, and I love to talk pets. Anyway, coming in, because we're hearing a lot about this, and, and as we know, that it's becoming more popular, it's becoming legalized in many states, and of course, marijuana, and um, many forms. You can get marijuana cigarettes, you can vapes, edibles, it's just becoming so popular. The problem is emergency clinics are seeing more and more cases of marijuana toxicity. And the truth is we don't know enough about the toxic. Now we know how much could kill a dog, and it's a lot. So we're not as worried about that. I think there are only very few reported deaths, and it's usually from pot butter, which is extremely concentrated. But most most of the times, it's just an illness. It's a sickness. It's a weakness and a wobbliness and a hyperreactivity. It's 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 kind of a you just see your dog is is not good, and it's dangerous potentially. So they can hurt themselves, and I think it's very important to beware if you're going to have these marijuana products around your house. Be careful. However, having said that, I am a big proponent. I think CBD oil, which is no THC, has shown to be very effective for many conditions. I have clients now coming in and just loving it. I have one guy came in the other day, 14-year-old Cocker Spaniel, had a million problems. He started CBD oil and his dog, he says, it's, it's unbelievable how well he's doing. A good friend of mine is more of a naturopathic veterinarian. He practiced some holistic medicine and herbs, and he has found tremendous results, even in things like treating cancer. So speak to your veterinarian, but the bottom line is be safe. If you're going to have regular marijuana products around the house, be very, very careful. In Michigan, seeing a spike of influenza cases. Now, remember, back in 2006, we had the H3N8. Lately, about 2016, just a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, the H3N2, a little more, more virulent and more common. And I'm finding that if you have a dog that is a frequent guest, at a grooming facility, doggy daycare, a dog park, boarding, whatever the case may be, I highly recommend seeing your veterinarian and getting the vaccine. You can get a vaccine now, which is called a bivalent. It's going to protect against the H3N2 as well as the H3N8, which is the older version. And um, it's just for pet safety. In fact, a lot of facilities in our area here in Los Angeles are requiring it in order to have your pets come. So uh, I think it's important to speak to your veterinarian. Huge story in Indianapolis. Now, we've heard of good you know, watchdogs. You want a good watchdog, right? So you get yourself an Akita or a Rottweiler or a Pitbull or you know a Doberman or a German Shepherd. But how about a pig? That's right. This pig named Dumplin, a full-size pig. Go figure that you're going to adopt a full-size pig and keep it in your house. But to each his own. Anyway, this family, it was a mom and her four kids. Uh, single mom, they were out. The only one at home at the time was Dumplin. And some burglars came in, broke through the back door, and took nothing because they saw Dumplin, uh, like, you know, like a 400 pound pig. And uh, anyway, uh, they took off. And uh, the cops who responded to the, the call when, when you know, the owner got home uh, basically said, no, no, this, this pig scared him away. So I thought that was kind of fun. If you own horses, this is very, very serious stuff. 
Uh, we've talked about, you know, many, many diseases. We talked about mosquitoes, and one of the diseases that mosquitoes can transmit is West Nile virus. And uh, in, uh, in Idaho and Minnesota, recently, two new cases of West Nile. And so the recommendations, again, if you have horses, just understand. Mosquitoes can be just like they, they transmit and, and carry heartworm disease for dogs and cats. For the big animals, it is equine encephalitis virus. It is West Nile virus. So anyway, uh, make sure that your horses are up to date on vaccines and do what you can to control the mosquito population in your area. I mean, it's, it's really not that fans can help. Uh, of course, insect repellents, make sure they're safe. Standing water. You know, if you ever see mosquitoes love to chill out where it's moist, um, that's the best environment for them. So uh, if you have standing water, dump it, change it, because it sits there, it gets very hot and humid, and that's a perfect breeding ground and breeding conditions for mosquitoes. As a matter of fact, just a, you know, a short note about that, we don't really have huge problems here in Los Angeles with heartworm disease. Uh, it's a lot drier. And um, we had a dog, in fact, it was one of my dogs, one of my, not my personal dog, one of my patients, that was one of the first dogs in LA to have positive heartworm and never having left Los Angeles. It was born here. It was adopted as a puppy. And these people had this dog for many, many years. And uh, so, of course, the Southern California Heartworm Preventive Society got involved. And um, they went to the owner's home. And what they noticed was very interesting. They noticed that their home was not too far from one of the larger cemeteries in the area that was up kind of on a hill about half a mile behind the home. And it was like the light went off in their head. They go, oh, my God, this is it. So they drove to the cemetery and they started lifting up headstones. You want to get grossed out? Millions of mosquito larvae in the headstones. Why? Because obviously lush grass, this is called forest lawn, for example. So you can imagine beautiful lush grass lawns that are being watered all the time to maintain that beautiful lush green grass. And so there's a lot of moisture and it's, you know, they're beating, the sun is beating down. So even though we don't have humidity down by the grass level, that's always wet, it becomes very humid and it's a perfect environment. And there were mosquitoes all over the place. So that's why the standing water, something you want to be really careful about. This story just bugged the crap out of me. Not the story about the dogs helping. Poachers, listen to this, South Africa. In 2007, 13 wild rhinos were poached for their tusks, okay? And if you've seen video, go check it out online. You will be tremendously grossed out by watching how they leave these poor animals. 2014, 13 rose to 1,215. And last year, that number dropped a little, big deal, from to 1,028. But we're going from 13 to the thousands in seven years, eight years. That is disgusting. So anyway... The story was about rangers that are using a lot of high-tech equipment and devices. They're using like these special cameras. They're flying, they're doing planes, and they're doing reconnaissance, and they're training dogs to catch the poachers. But this is where it just really gets me. I, I equate this to what happens in China, in Yulin, with this dog trade, where they literally are torturing these dogs alive because they think that the meat is better if they're, if they're, if they're caught alive because of the stress. I mean, really, it blows your mind. I think the solution should be, why don't we catch the poachers? Let's maim them in public and let everybody see and torture them. And then maybe some of these poachers will think twice about doing it. Maybe not, but it really is disturbing. So anyway, I would love to hear your thoughts about this, what you think, and how do you think these people should be handled? With grace and ease? I don't think so, but I'm curious to know what you think. This is a good one. Why don't you get back to me and let me know how you think these people could be handled, these trades. I know they're, uh, there's uh, in China, they're doing a lot of positive things, education, 
there are some now some obviously vocal opponents to this. And for example, what goes on in Ulan. And um, but it just really just grosses me out. New tech trends in veterinary medicine, of course, things like wearable health like collars that you can manage and you can monitor heart rate, respiration rate, body temperature, all these things with your pet. So if you have a, a pet that is coming home after a long illness and your, your doctor, it's kind of like going home with a halter monitor. You know, one of those things that measures your heart rate, you know, your heart beats and heart rate for 24 to 48 hours. They were doing these collars now. I think they're great. One that I like is called the Pet Pace. I actually have one on my old Herbie, my little old Frenchie, 13 and a half, that we just had to do a surgery. He had a benign tumor in his mouth right here in the front, but benign, but locally invasive. So we weren't worried about it transmitting or traveling to the liver and the lungs to metastasize. However, it was so bad, he was having a tough time eating. So what we did was called a rostral mandibulectomy. And that is we kind of, you peel out that you bring down and, and separate the lower lip. You cut the entire bone with the teeth and the tumor, and then kind of fold the lip back in. Kind of, so it kind of looks like that dog on Instagram named Tuna. You know Tuna, right? So Tuna is that little chihuahua. He happens to be my one of my patients. He's really cute. But you know he's got a funky mouth where his over his overbite is tremendous, but he can still eat. Herbie, by the way, is doing great. But after the surgery, of course, we wanted to monitor him. I could do it on my phone. I could see what his activity is. Is he running around? Is he lying down? What his temperature is? His heart rate? Is he eating? Is he drinking? It's really fantastic. That's a big thing. It'll really help us monitor your sick pets. Laser therapy, I've been doing it for years. It is phenomenal uh, in conjunction with or without acupuncture, PRP, platelet-rich plasma, stem cells, all these things are out there now helping our pets uh, be kind of live healthier and happier. And also premium concierge care services, kind of like uh, telemedicine, telehealth. That's a great thing. And one more thing before we break, August 15th, coming up around the corner is 10 days, is what we call Check Your Chip Month. It's the, it's the microchip. It's a day that you can bring your dogs in, have them scanned, make sure the chips are still scannable, make sure they're being read, and check all the information. Sometimes we get so lax. If you update, you didn't realize, oh my God, I changed my phone number, my web address, I moved. And you want to make sure that all the information is up to date. And that will only help you and your pet in the event, heaven forbid, that something happens to your dog or cat and they get out. Anyway, we are here at that point in the show. We're going to take a quick, quick break for our commercial messages. And we'll be right back in just a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Listeners, I'd love to introduce you to PetPlate.com. They deliver freshly cooked human-grade dog food right to your door. I've been feeding PetPlate to my pup for the last two weeks, and it's perfect for my picky pup and perfect for me since I'm so busy. So if you want something super healthy, really tasty, and ready to serve, go to PetPlate.com forward slash spot to get 30% off your first box. P-E-T-P-L-A-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. 
Welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff. And the word of the day is capnocytophaga. Say that 10 times fast. Capnocytophaga. What the heck is capnocytophaga? Well, I'm sure you heard about the guy from Wisconsin that is there in a hospital bed having had his um, arms and legs cut off because he got infected by a weird bacterium from dog saliva and um, had to have his legs and arms amputated so far and a quarter of his nose and more to come. What the heck happened? So I'm sure you've heard that it comes from dog saliva and I just fear that many of you are saying, oh my God, this can happen from having a dog lick you. We got to get rid of the dog. No chance. First of all, some facts about capnocytophaga. It is an opportunist bug. 75% of dogs have it in their saliva about 57% of cats in theirs. Humans have it too. This is Capnocytophaga canamorus. So basically, it is an opportunist bacterium. It is there. Dogs that have it, it's not usually virulent at all. Um, I should know because I get licked daily. I said, I joke, I get more tongue than anybody I know. And I'm getting licked in the face, on the mouth. I mean, it's like, what are you going to do when the dogs lick you? You know, they lick you. This weird bacterium requires a number of factors in place in order for it to be a problem. First of all, the person has to be immunocompromised. Uh, and I mean severely immunocompromised. We're talking some diseases that cause immunocompromise. We're talking about high-dose steroids. We're talking about uh, cyclosporin. We're talking about sp- having had a splenectomy for another reason. Or alcoholics. Any condition that severely suppresses the immune system could put you at risk for this. And not, not that you means you're going to get it, just at risk. Then. It has to have contact with, it's not going to, it can't go through your skin. So that's why, when does it happen? It happens from bites. If a dog is licking your open wounds, if a dog could be licking you in the mouth, if you have been licked by a dog or on your hand, and then you put your fingers in your mouth or you rub your eyes, it requires entry through a mucocutaneous surface, like eyes, like nose, like mouth, or open wounds, or a bite. Of course, the dog, the bite is going to, is going to produce the wound. And to tell you how rare it is, with I don't know, I was looking for an estimate of, you know, amount of uh, the population of the United States, 300 million, 350 million, whatever it is, that there have been only, according to the CDC, 12 deaths from capnocytophaga in the last year. I, don't, I didn't have my calculator with me, but I can only tell you that is a very, very, very low percent. And speaking to a colleague of mine, a good friend of mine, who I've known for a long time, he is a big time infectious disease specialist here in Los Angeles. I asked him about it. First of all, he has seen cases, but no deaths. He has also told me that there are other bacteria that could be very, very dangerous to a person from from your pet that people, I mean, again, it is so mild that no one ever talks about. Pastorella multacida, for example, or certain strains of staph or strep can be more dangerous, more damaging. Nobody talks about those because it you just don't hear the stories. I mean, it happens and more than 12 a year, but this made the news. And as the news likes to do, it's very sensationalized. And it, this is one of these very rare instances. And um, most of the cases, and they're going to be, there are certainly more than 12. It was 12 deaths. And the reason they are happening mostly because of the severe ramifications. But most of the cases that we see or that are seen, I don't see them. I mean, personally, to tell you the truth, I've never, never heard of it. This story has opened up a lot of our eyes. We know as veterinarians, we're going to get a lot of questions about it. People might fear we don't want them to. I mean, I would, you know, toxoplasmosis from cat feces is way worse, especially for an unborn, you know, child. 
So it is something that we just have to know about. If you do know someone who is immunocompromised and is licked by a dog or gets bitten by a dog and then starts the following symptoms. Early on, it's like flu-like symptoms. You're, you're, you're feeling under the weather. As we say, you're ADR, you're just not doing right, but nothing really specific. Then it can actually, as, it, as, it be, as you become septic and you get what's called septicemia, and this, these bacteria do multiply very quickly. It's more like um, a dizziness, a lightheadedness, um, a dementia. You become delirious. And so if you see that in a patient, this is what this guy's son noticed. That the dad was saying, no, no, I'm mine. It's just, just a flu. And then he's, the dad started becoming delirious, saying weird things, like he was off in space somewhere. And that's when the son took him to the hospital. Uh, within a day or so, he started noticing bruising. And as it uh, starts affecting the clotting, you get something called DIC. You get these microvascular clots. And therefore, the major vessels start clotting. And then they notice that his feet and his arms were turning like black. They were dying, and they tried to advance. It's almost like that flesh-eating bacteria that hit the news years and years ago. And again, where do you hear about it now? You don't hear about it. So anyway, so then we they had to amputate, and they are hoping they got it. They, you know, they had to amputate in advance where they saw the problem. So anyway, this is serious biz. Yes, is it a panic situation? No. Should you be getting rid of your dogs? No. And it just as I said it. I'm sure that you've never heard about this before, which kind of tells you as adults how uncommon it is, because trust me, there are a lot of more diseases that you're not worried about right now that you at least have heard about. So anyway, just having said that, I want you to know it's out there. I hope you're a little bit more educated and informed. Capnocytophica, very common bacterium, usually non-serious in 99.999% of the cases, and when everything is right and you have immunocompromised state, it can, not it will, it can cause a problem. Just so be aware of it. Be aware of the early symptoms. And um, if you, as I said, if you have a loved one that is on medications, had a splenectomy, um, you might want to be a little bit more cautious when it comes to the dog licking and make sure that if they do lick, not in the face, not, these are no, no mouth, no eyes. And if they lick you on the hands and if you have an open sore, keep the dogs away. If you have a cut, keep the dogs away. And if you have been licked by your dog, just wash your hands before you stick your hands in your mouth, rub your eyes, etc. So that's it. If you have any more questions about that, really just get a hold of me at drjeff at petliferadio.com. That's drjeff at petliferadio.com. Follow me on Instagram at drjeffwerber. You will see tons of really fun pictures and you can send me messages on Instagram. Once again, I will answer them personally. And if there's any, I like doing these little one minute vignettes. They're very popular on Instagram. I always get great feedback. I get a very high percentage of likes and, and people that have seen it. I mean, literally 30, 35% of my followers. That's a lot. If you know anything about Instagram, you're lucky to get, you know, five or 10% likes. So I know they're very popular. If there's a subject that you would like me to discuss, go ahead and just get me at, uh, at Dr. Jeff Werber. So that's who I have time for today. Once again, thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. We will be here next week. If there's a subject you want to hear, let me know. Otherwise, I can tell you I really want to talk about grain-free, some of the problems, some of the warnings, and uh, we'll cover that next week. Have a great week, everybody. See you soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.